Keith and I are probably not as up on the health care crisis in the country as the average bear would be. <laughs> so this uh, reading this book and reading this information has for us been alarming. We really are not as... Yeah, some of the prices and some yeah, of the statistics. Yeah, we just had, had no idea. Some of the costs of health care, uh, for instance... What does uh, blood work for cholesterol, blood sugar, or anemia cost? $300 just to get that blood work done. How about an ambulance trip? $550. How about hip replacement? Not, inclu- not including doctor's fees, lab tests, and medication. Well, only $25,000. My goodness. It's just really, truly amazing. And, you know, the health care costs are going up rampantly and you know the the um quality sometimes is going down and what do we do about it so dr liu uh, so our guest today is dr davis liu who's written the book stay healthy live longer spend wisely making intelligent choices in america's health care system how you doing dr liu hi good thanks Thanks for joining us this hour of the show. Go ahead, Keith. How does America lower the staggering medical and insurance costs? Any idea? Oh, sure. I've got great ideas. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's uh, it's hard. I mean, you've got there's there's really four fundamental questions people ask about healthcare reform in the United States. Number one. Uh, because we have 47 million people that are uninsured. Mm-hmm. So the question number one is, are we happy with the quality our health care system provides all of us? And you should answer, the answer is no. We rank last of all health care uh, uh, organizations in terms of the, how well we keep our uh, individuals healthy in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, so we need to improve quality first. Number two, we actually need to ask ourselves, do we have enough primary care doctors? Every other industrialized country has a robust primary care network. Research shows that doctors who are your primary care doctor, who are family doctors or internists, actually are more likely to keep you healthy, living longer, at less cost than if your regular doctor was a specialist. We need more. So primary care, that's a general practitioner? or General practitioner and family medicine doctor or an internist. And if you had that person as your first doctor, your go-to doctor, right. if you will, that they tend to keep you healthier at less cost than if you had a say a specialist like a, say a, an endocrinologist or a uh, or a cardiologist let's say right. we need a bigger robust primary care workforce. Then one question we have to ask ourselves all ourselves is health care and health insurance a luxury or a necessity or is it essential? To give you one quick statistic, the American Cancer Society says one in two men are going to develop cancer in their lifetime. And one in three women are going to develop cancer. Why do you think? Why do you think more for men? You know, I don't know. Actually, I I suspect uh, men have all kinds of reasons why they die off sooner and from uglier illnesses than women do. Um, But I don't know. No one, no one really knows. More stress? Do you think? What's that? More stress, like work-related? No, that that's no. I I I think it's just uh, you know genetics. Maybe it's work-related. Maybe it's societal pressures. I mean. It could be just bad habits. Women, you know, take care of themselves better. We know this in research. Women access the healthcare system more often because they've been kind of trained to do that when they start having their periods and their pap smears. Women often are the healthcare decision maker in a household. So I think women, you know, 
actually a little bit smarter than men. I hate to say that, but uh, <laughs> I think they're actually pretty smart in keeping the men in line sometimes, like, making sure they stay healthy, actually. And and how big of a problem is it that Americans don't want to be thinking people when it comes to this? They just want to collapse into the authority figure instead of taking responsibility for their well-being. Well, normally I would say that's a problem, um, but let's. I, li- I like to use the airline industry when I talk about healthcare. Um, I don't want to rate my pilot when I step on the plane. I'm assuming that he or she has been trained very well, and I'm assuming all the mechanics they work with anyone else is really going to do well, keeping <laughs> to that destination safely. And you that's what our healthcare system should be at that level, but we're not. We're not even close. Um, and so I'd say is it's our fault uh, right now the way it is. Uh, it's the fault of a lot of people. Um, and to to get where we need to go, it's going to take a long time. It's going to take political will. It's going to take a lot of changes. So we can't wait as an individual. You need to take charge now to make sure you get the best out of health care. So you spoke last hour about that you had worked at a clinic that had no infrastructure to let you know, like tests and when people needed to have certain um, procedures done, and then now you work at a completely computerized one. One of the questions that popped up for me about that is, what sort of cost is involved to convert a clinic to that, and is that part of why we're so antiquated that they don't want to spend that money? Absolutely right. Uh, the issue is who's going to pay to develop these uh, systems into your an office that costs tens of thousands of dollars because the doctor's not going to be reimbursed anymore right. uh, by seeing diabetic patients. Insurance plans often are, are worried that they're not going to get their money back. And, uh, and hospitals right now under uh, antitrust laws aren't even allowed to put a hospital, uh, hospital equipment or hospital information technology into a doctor's office for fear of antitrust regulations. So this whole healthcare crisis is just uh, uh, multiple groups who have to collaborate together and unfortunately, they're not. Um, they're there not are some innovative, you know, healthcare groups out there um, that are doing the investments. There are some insurance plans that are doing exactly what you just said. And we as consumers need to find those and patronize those just right. as we would at our favorite restaurant. Right. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. Our guest today, Dr. Davis Liu, author of Stay Healthy, Live Longer, Spend Wisely. Let's, let's say you're at the doctor's office and they're saying we need to take this test, that test, and everything. How do you know? I mean, it, it, we're free Americans. How do we know how to assess if we need to take them or not? I, I imagine some of them are just standard, but really not acutely programmed for us. Yeah. So um, number one, to do that, I don't. Yeah, I don't expect people to know like everything the doctor does. That would require that you go to medical school. Sure. Actually. Yeah. But what I would ask you to do is you pick an insurance plan that. Um, works on getting the right tests done. What we do in this country, we tend to have too many tests done unnecessarily, driving costs up for you uh, and unnecessarily. And so, number one, pick a good insurance plan that's high quality. Then pick a doctor that's board certified and pick a doctor that might be rated by report cards that surely deliver great care, evidence-based care. And then it's more likely that doctor's going to order the right test and not frivolous tests just because, for the sake of just because. Uh, and that'll be far better. And then, and then make sure that you're getting the right test done for your age group by um, referencing uh, important information through my website or 
uh, my book or other websites on what tests you should demand uh, when you're healthy and well so that you continue to stay healthy and well. Okay, so to see the report card of the doctor, you'd go to www.ncqa.org? Yes, and what you'll find is doctors who submit, there'll be, doc, there'll be a report card that says physician program recognition, and, and doctors who submit data to NCQA will, uh, will be the ones that are recognized for their stellar work in keeping patients with diabetes well, patients with heart attacks from getting a future one. So if you stay with these doctors, you're more likely enough to be walking around the following year, and yet your peers who choose an average doctor may not be around because they didn't get the right medications. They weren't reminded on their blood pressure getting controlled to levels recommended. Um, so, yeah, just starting there. If you don't find your doctor, doesn't mean that he or she is not a good doctor, but it also means they didn't have the information submitted to NCQA. You're right. going to see a dichotomy here in, in healthcare where the doctors are going to be um, competing for fewer and fewer patients' uh, dollars, and those that are high quality are trying to differentiate themselves. The common misconception patients have right now is all doctors are created equal, all health plans are created equal, and uh, that's actually not the case. And for someone who's been in two different uh, medical offices, I see the difference between that like night and day. Sure. So is there a resistance uh, for doctors to say, uh, you know, it used to be kind of doctors were God and, you know, nobody questioned what they did. And, I mean, you're talking about submitting a report card that says you're good or you're maybe not so good. Aren't doctors maybe some resistance to entering in that kind of a system? Yeah, they are. They are. And it goes back to a very basic level. Are we as good as we think we are? I mean, one, one off that worked out didn't have infrastructure, so it didn't have a list of the patients I take care of who maybe hadn't seen me that year for their blood pressure, made sure it was checked. So I have no idea if their blood pressure is under control. And I'll tell you, in my experience, most of my patients are too busy to worry about that, so someone has to take the initiative. So uh, I think doctors are wary of this, but at the same time, our responsibility is to make sure our system does well. Look, the U.S. healthcare system gets it right 55% of the time. We rank 19 of 19 in industrialized countries keeping our, uh, citizens well. So that means 100,000 Americans aren't alive today because we as a healthcare system didn't do the basic stuff. So I think the basic report cards, are we doing the mammograms? Are we getting the colon cancer screenings? Are we getting blood pressure control to nationally recognized levels? I think as, as doctors, we should all recognize that this is just basic stuff. This is not talking about complex surgeries. We should all agree that these are things we should shoot for. I imagine some of those other countries that are above us, which 18 of them are, must also be doing nutrition conversations, emotion conversations, you know, these different things that, you know, we need to start um, paying attention to what we're putting in our body and what emotions we're allowing to own our life because these are some of the things that are also causing our health to go down prior to, you know, these are what's causing us to need the the, the medical help. Yeah, doctors actually in other countries actually are salaried. So unlike the uh, treadmill that doctors in the United States have to see more to get more pay, yeah. um, doctors or salaried have now the luxury of some time to counsel yes. about healthy lifestyle. Yes. And so that's, I think, the big difference. That's a huge difference. I mean, you know, our diet in this country is horrible. No wonder the statistics are so bad. That in and of itself is a screaming problem. Yes, if, 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 if we don't change the way the statistics are in terms of obesity and overweight in this country and the way the problems they come up with, uh, this generation of Americans will be the first uh, to not live as long as their parents. 
you know, I've noticed with myself and others, we could basically make ourselves sick by eating what a lot of people commonly do. You know, in a couple of days we'll start getting real sick just by diet. And, uh, you know, on the other hand, we don't feel good or something. Diet and or attitude uh, can get us well. So you can get yourself well or sick a lot by diet and attitude. And, you know, you you have a... You know, like somebody who's harboring or really hurt in their heart and they just over years don't get over it, they're aiming for heart problems, you know, like uh, an emotional hurt. So that's part of the whole uh, preventative thing that we need to get on to and tend to our lives, get in touch with our lives, get in touch with our bodies and our health and tend to it, you know, and so that doctors, you know, we won't be just so overloaded with patients and have so few doctors and, and have this uh, 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 process going on, you know, just next, next, next. When we come back from break, Dr. Liu, I would like if we could spend some minutes talking about how to master the 19-minute appointment so people can use their time with their doctor more wisely. Sounds good. Okay. Uh, you're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmy Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. Don't forget to catch us Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Our guest today, Dr. Davis Liu, who's written the book, Stay Healthy, Live Longer, Spend Wisely, Making Intelligent Choices in America's Healthcare System. Stay with us. We have more. <laughs> 